This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to my new football <laughs> Edith's here. Should we get Edith on? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. How are you, John? Are you all right? Yeah, still feeling pretty rough, but I'm here. Well, oh. We're good. We're good. Uh, I, didn't eat, I haven't actually eaten for about 18 hours, so... Oh, no. Yeah, no, Ooh. it's not great. Ooh. Hello. Hello. Hiya. Hello. How, How are you, you? I'm good. I'm just getting my... um, Trying to do my technology bit and get everything connected. Yeah. Are we all right? Yeah, got it. Thanks for coming on, Edith. Oh, thanks for asking, mate. Oh, really? Yeah, totally. Sorry it was... Cu- Are you feeling better, by the way? You're all right now. Yeah. Edith, <laughs> I, I'll let you into a secret. I think this is the time I tested positive for COVID and uh, I was in bed for nine days and my wife was running around for me and oh, she was so sweet. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm just going to test myself again. And uh, I've been reading the um, test wrong, so I've just been laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's I might actually use that. I'm going to get myself a red Sharpie. Honestly, <laughs> I was going online looking, because I was Googling people with COVID, say, mm. and they were putting up their test going, oh, I'm, I'm now I haven't got it. I was like, well, you have. You're reading it wrong. That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. So good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, yeah, it's just that, you know, life, it throws loads of, it's just that keeping the plates juggling. I've got, just got my nine-year-old fed, so he's gone, he's on holiday already. Um, so he's gone back up to bed to watch telly. The dog's over there getting picked up for play school uh, at some point. Tom's going to take the car to the garage to get a tyre fixed. Just life. Life stuff, do you know what I mean? Do you know, I thought that last week. Naomi came in and said, so I was like, I'm just fed up. Just can we have one minute when there's nothing going on? Yeah, nothing to do. Actually, I've got to say yesterday was a bit like that and I was kind of lost. Yeah. It was kind of, I was <laughs> yeah. like, why Why am I sat on the couch watching Titanic with a fire on? That's when you <laughs> That's when you sneak a pod in, do a little pod interview. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for coming on. So we, um, oh, this thanks is- for asking. I'm, I don't know if you know the, what the pod is, but I moved down to Devon and I started supporting a new football team, having supported yeah. Man United mm-hmm. for 30 or 40 years. And to be honest with you, I still do. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Not anymore. And when <laughs> I found out you were a Man United supporter, I thought, now I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely I had a, I had those. Well, we'll talk about it, but I had those kind of glory years where, in terms of me being like obsessed, um, and then just weirdly like going back to what we're just talking about, life sort of thing. It 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 drops down the priority list a bit. But it, what's what's really interesting is my husband used to well, he he's an Arsenal fan, but he kind of fell off being a football fan for years just because music and stuff kind of just took over but in the where and maybe about 10 years ago he was kind of like I need a hobby yeah and so and so he kind of fell back in love with football and now he's like literally I'll come in and it's he like quickly switch his phone off like you can't listen to your football podcasts whilst I'm in the room it's fine (laughs) oh my god yeah I was listening to Simon Jordan chatting about football the other day in the kitchen, Nomi came in and started chatting. I was like, yeah. And she went, oh, forget it. You listen to Simon <laughs> Jordan and I'll... <laughs> but it's really nice. And now the little one as well, he's like, he's sort of bang into it. And yeah, so they, they went to the, the football last, they went to the game last Sunday, which was great. So yeah, it's nice. When, when United won the treble... I gave up football then for about 10 years. Well, you couldn't top it, could you? That's it. Done everything. Boring. It's like mic drop. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So John right. John supported Exeter all his life. Yeah. And um, well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a very different story. I think if you support a Premier League team your whole life, it's very sort of you're not very aware of the lower leagues, and it's sort of underappreciated how uh, how important it is to be in in certain leagues. I think David's very underappreciative of the fact we're in League One. He already wants to get out, but I'm very happy with where we are and comfortable. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm because we moved out to Gloucestershire. We've kind of, you know, we keep our eye on our, our local team's Forest Green. Oh. And so, yeah, so we kind of like, you know, we sort of, I mean, we're not kind of, we've been to a few games, so the boys have been to a few games, actually. Um, so that's really interesting. A big dunk Ferguson's come in as manager, which is great. Um, and, um, and then for me, like back home, you know, going to football was not really about supporting a team with my dad when I was wee. It was just about going to the matches. So we'd like go around like freezing our arses off midweek games, going to watch East Fife and Wraith Rovers and Dundee. And yeah, and then we started going up to Aberdeen when Fergie was still at Aberdeen and stuff. So that's kind of where the whole Man United thing came from. Edith, you yeah. know Alex Ferguson, don't you? Yeah. Right. I, honestly, I could what? do three hours on this. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we'll hey, talk about it. Hang on a minute. How do you know him? And could you... Have you? Is he on your phone? Could you go, Alex? I need to get a tyre. I'm not sure which one to... Do you know him that well? <laughs> um, I, I do. He's... He's... He's in my phone as Tagger. Do you remember the Scottish... Yeah. Detective Cracking show? Cracking little show. Because we kind of take the piss out of him that that's kind of who he is, but in real life. But um, so he, when he was manager at Aberdeen, he brought the team down. So my mum and dad, my, my granddad started, he had this little hotel in Scotland, tiny little family run place, but it had a really good reputation for its, you know, for its service and food and whatnot. And uh, weirdly, my granddad and Fergie had a couple of mutual friends. And so one of those mutual friends suggested to Alec that, after they they were they played in the Scottish Cup against Hearts and I think it was 84, 85, that they should come and stay at the tell. You know, it's away from everything. It's not, you know, it's not a fancy tell, be really kind of subdued and stuff. And little did he know. But um he uh, yeah, so he did that and him and my dad kind of just kind of hit it off straight away and became sort of um thick as thieves then. And then when he moved down to Old Trafford, we, we used to go down to games all the time. Oh my god. And um Is Alex Ferguson a, just a bloke to you? Is he just yeah. a bloke? Well I used to like when I was like when I was about fifteen or six and I was really I'm still I'm really good mates with Jason and Darren and Mark, his sons, and so um I used I, I I was I was going for like auditions for stuff for like kids TV and things for when I was like fifteen, sixteen. And I remember one of them being in Manchester. And so I was, I remember it so vividly because I was flying on my own <clears throat> from Scotland to Manchester and they were picking me up at the airport on Logan Air and the flight was horrendously delayed. And um, I'm like, fuck, they've got better things to be doing than waiting for me at the airport. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, bless them. You know what I mean? They picked me up. I, I went and stayed at the house and we had like just sat and have takeaway in the kitchen and, um, yeah, They're, he's just like, and he used to he used to rinse me all the time, and he rinses my mum the whole time. Him and my mum have got this constant like punked thing going on. And um, when I started at MTV, I was at my desk one day, and I got this call um, out the blue, and uh, it was like, "Hello, this is so and so from the Daily Record," and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know I had an interview planned," sort of thing. And anyway, it, what turned out it was him pretending to be a Daily Record. <laughs> <laughs> reporter interviews. So wow, God. Yeah, they're a lovely tight. Fa- they're just family <sighs> is so important to him. It's just, it's the heartbeat of who he is. Really, can you, can you see why he's been so, like, just so successful? Do, or is he just this ordinary man who's just done this extraordinary thing? Or I think I don't know if you've seen the doc. That Jason made. I think that really actually kind of gets to the the core of it. And he's one of those people that where when someone says you can't do something, he likes to prove them wrong. So, you know, he had a horrendous time up in Scotland with the whole um, sectarianism. You know, he married a Catholic woman. He played for Rangers and he was chastised for it. Right. So 
that was a horrendous experience for him. And so he's just kind of, he's got this amazing, um, I mean, he's got an amazing commitment and work ethic in him. You know, nothing's kind of, nothing's less than 110%. And, you know, even when you look at him walking away from from Man U, you know, that was about uh, Kathy's sister had passed away and he's, you know, he he could see that she needed him. And so it was, you know, it was about them having more time together and doing the things and ticking off that list of things they wanted to do. And, yeah. 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 Spending more time with his family. And, you know, he's got like, how many grandkids? Is he, he's got about, God, Jason's got about eight. Um, he's got about kind of 10, 12 grandkids as well. And they spent, they're, they're, they're a really tight, yeah. tight group. Yeah. God, when I spoke to Sean Dyche a couple of months ago and he, he was just chatting about being a football manager and I thought, I had never thought about that side of just how much you're away from the family. And yeah, I think about Alex Ferguson doing that for so many years and being so successful and all those European You don't really have days off. No. And when I read one of his books, he was just said he was in at 7am, make sure the players yeah. are in, having a look out his yeah. window. There before the first one in, first first one in, last one to leave, oh, always. And like, and he's and they're they're still in the same house that they moved to when he first moved down. He's not interested in all that kind of like you know. I mean, um, you know, with his tartan carpet in the pool room and all that kind of stuff. It's like, do you know what I mean? He's just yeah, yeah, yeah. They're um, salt of the earth, really. Must be lovely that he's walked. Well, it's not, but he's walked away <laughs> and gone. Mm, done as well without me. Nice little feeling. <laughs> He's there so much. And he's still got his wee room. He's still got what we, we refer to as Alex's office, which is this really tiny little space that's under an, an eave. So it's got this kind of weird shaped ceiling. And it's had a couple of like re redecoration moments over the years. But it's this t it's this little kind of almost like galley room. It's what, in the stadium? In the yeah. So if you're in the, you know, that kind of weird, uh, that sort of... Um, bar area behind the, the director's box thing and there's a corridor that leads out of that and he's just down there off one of the rooms same security guard at his door Kath Kath Phipps has been there she's now 86 or something and she sits at the bottom of that stair in the at the entrance down which is underneath the kind of um it's almost like the tunnel she sits there now on her wee stool to greet everybody as they come in and stuff so she's been there for years but um, yeah, he has this wee room and he's there most matches where he, um, you know, invited guests of his. But then also if my dad's at a game, my dad will just, you know, pop over and have a glass of, just <laughs> glass of wine with him. He'll have like pies on the go. Oh. My dad will rock up with fresh fish that he's brought down from Scotland for him. And Honestly, this feels magical to me hearing this. It's just like another, it's just bizarre. When I see him, if Man United are playing well and they've won or scored or yeah. whatever, and it cuts to him and he's smiling, I go, Alex is happy. I'm happy. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you kind of, you don't want to get him on a bad, on a bad, on a bad result. Still, he feels like, you know, it still, still feels raw to him, I think, when, when they're not doing well. Do you know much about, because, you know, he was really well known for knowing everything about everybody, you know, he knew... But do you know how he went all about that and how what sort of any little secrets? Because I find it so interesting that he knew everything about every player. He just, um, it goes back to that thing about kind of the, like, like 110% on everything and the work ethic is that he put the work in. You know, he would watch, he would listen, he would, he would, um, you know, he had really good scouts around as well, kind of. But yeah, that was part of it for him is that he needed to know who's doing what for almost for him to make his decisions moving forward. And, 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 and all that was from, I mean, re weirdly, I remember him like he'd remember CFAX. You're probably too young, John, John, to remember what CFAX on, is. Basically, <laughs> it's basically the internet on your telly. <laughs> it was like, it was like the news was like typed out on your telly. So you could read the news and stuff like on your telly and stuff. But it was amazing for sports stuff. There would always be like 
match reports, news reports on sport and stuff. And he used to read that obsessively. Like he'd be sat at home with two tellies on the go, one on the racing and one the CFAX. And so it's, it was just about absorbing information. Yeah. And weirdly, after he came out of his the brain hemorrhage, um, you know, the off his accident, um, that's that was his biggest fear was about his memory. And so one of the first things he start he, he did when he kind of came out of the anaesthetic was he started rattling off like team sheets. Really? Yeah. And Jason was like, he's all right. <laughs> and is he is he back to full fitness and health now? He's, he's Yeah, he's right. doing amazing. He's doing amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing you know, he's getting old. He's like 80 now. So he's like, you know, apart from but he's still got that twinkle and that cheeky kind of sense of humor he's like he's a shit bag sometimes with his sense of humor in a good way but yeah he's like um yeah he's still got that his laugh is one of the most beautiful things making him laugh makes you kind of like i don't know it gives you kind of can make you smile for a week it's like the nicest thing yeah so uh, when i was reading his book i think he took over at united sort of mid he was in his mid 40s and i I feel sort of shattered now in my mid to late forties. It's like God he, God, he took over United at my age. I need to start. And it's so yeah. interesting when you think back on that time as well, in terms of how much time he was given, because he didn't didn't do didn't win anything for for a good while. Um, and we would, I mean, we'd 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 drive down like most midweek games sort of thing. We couldn't do the weekends because the hotel was busy at weekends, but. Midweek would be our time to go down, and um, my dad would drive down and back up in the same night. How long does that and take? Got, I'd, it's a good four hours, and then I'd go to school the next day. Jesus. Yeah. You, what time did you get to bed? I mean, I'd sleep in the car, obviously, but, like, I don't know. By the time we left that office as well, it'd be kind of, you know, we're just going in for one, Missy, <laughs> would be what my dad would say. Oh, my God. I can't believe just a family friend was running United, Man United. <laughs> it's really unusual. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird because it's like it, the the way that he was sort of perceived as the pre in the press as well is kind of it's it's really comical because he's just got a you know it's that commitment to the job. Really, he wants the best from his players he expects the best he'll give the best sort of thing and it's it's really interesting how stuff can be misconstrued by by people there's you know a lot of the time there's an agenda there and all that kind of stuff but comical really when you know mm. you kind of you know you know the man and you know exactly you know what he's like and it's polar opposites of how he was kind of painted a lot of the time in the press anyway i'll tell you who i like edith i like eric eric Tenner. yeah oh yeah when I saw him and Alex, I saw a little picture of him and Alex having a little meal together. I thought, ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a big fan of Eric's. Him and Is Eric's he? have had a good relationship. So you, when you think of, yeah, he's he likes, he seems to have a good uh, good history with the Eric's in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. In, inadvertently, through your relationship with Sir Alex, do you meet a lot of the main, main night managers as well? Uh, no, but weirdly, um, so... Alex and Jason used to be a producer at Sky Sports. That was kind of where he, um, what he did for a majority of his career. Um, and uh, Jason had a production company and he got me, we'd, I did the show for Jace years ago, which was so much fun called, um, now it was either called Queen of Clubs or King of Clubs. I think it was called Queen of Clubs, which basically involved me going golfing with a couple of football names and the, the golf being the kind of red herring to allow me to interview them and chat to them. Peter Alice. Was it around with Alice? Do you remember that? Around with Alice, yeah. Um, but my favourite one was Peter Weir and Sam Allardyce. What a laugh. <laughs> the, my favourite bit was like it pissed it down. And so we ended up just sitting in the back of a golf buggy and just chewing the fat. It was just... It was so, so much fun. Robbie Savage was on it, um, Matt Letissier. Uh, I can't remember who else did it now, but that was my favourite one. But yeah, a, a few a few people. And also because I've helped 
so Alec has does a lot of charity stuff as well, and so I've I've helped and gone and compared a few things for him at, at um at stuff, and I mean he's amazingly supported by you know by players for sort of past and present sort of thing as well. Um, so yeah, I find football is really magical, Edith. Do you are you because you've been in the world? Do you see them as people? Some us? of them. Some of them, yeah. Some of them, you, you know, the ones. It's weird. I was talking to Spike about this yesterday, and it, uh, my youngest, who's nine, and he was talking about who's my favourite United player at the minute. And I was like Rashford, and he's like, why? And I was like, well, because it's more than just the football. He's a good person, you know. He's he's you know. We had this whole uh, you know trying to explain to a nine year old about someone who's in the public eye and's got a platform and using it for good. And I was like, that for me is what makes someone good. You know, it's not just the fact that he's a great footballer, um, but it's the fact that he's kind of using where he is and the, you know, the fact that he's in this amazing privileged situation for the good of other people sort of thing. Um, and you kind of get that sense from people sometimes, I think, when you're in, I don't know, you get a sense whether they're, uh, whether they're, they're in it for the right reasons, I think. I think that comes that's across the board in any you know anyone who does anything that allows them the luxury of being you know stinking rich and in a really privileged situation. Yeah. Edith, I've got to ask you this question. You mm-hmm. do a film podcast about soundtracks. I do. Yeah, I love it. You have met Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, which is so weird because I studied pulp fiction for my last piece of coursework for my um, film studies module in my communications degree blew my wee mind literally if you could have told my like 19 20 year old self as I was sat in a cinema in Edinburgh watching Pulp Fiction for the sixth time going one day one day um, he's brilliant he's so childlike he's got that same quality of that he's he's so into what he does that he's kind that he can't believe he's getting to do it. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like no. he's like an encyclopedia on oh. like everything to do with films. So you kind of feel really I feel really intimidated going in there because I'm not a journalist. I'm not a kind of film critic. I'm a fan, you know, and my kind of ability to hold facts and knowledge is limited. And Normally, it's the most random crap that I hold in my brain. But um, he is, he's like one of those toys that you pull the back out of and let go. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he just, he loves what he does. And um, I mean, yeah, he's just, he's such good company and such, like literally you could ask him one question and that's him off, off he goes. Is he, these brilliant people you, like, when you meet them, is he aware how brilliant he is? Do you know what I mean? When sometimes when you meet them, you just go, "Oh, you don't quite understand what you've done." No, he's he's incredibly kind of modest, really, and you get that as well. You kind of find when you you must have you've been in the situations where you kind of like are junket situations. Do you know what I mean? Where they're doing these, you're doing interviews like forty interviews in one day, and you're sat in a room and it's just a conveyor belt of people. And you kind of, I don't know, you get these pockets of kind of uh, authenticity, I think, with with sometimes when you go into a room to interview someone or they come in and you're already there. And as soon as they come in the room, they engage and they make eye contact and they ask you a question or they listen to what you said and they respond to it rather than looking to their people to be told something or, or whatever and stuff. And that's the difference, I think when you know that they're there because they want to be there and they're kind of going, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And he's one of those, you know, he comes into a room on his own, sits down. Um, weirdly, David O. Russell as well, who, who's who's had a bit of bad rap for, for various things. And I, I do think that he's a slightly misunderstood individual. And there's, he's, he, he's, he's got lots of, um, various neurodiversity things going on with himself that he's only been diagnosed with recently. And so that kind of is, I think that helps you understand his character a bit bit better. I did an interview with him for his last film, Amsterdam, which I thought was fantastic. And it got panned. Um, and 
he we were doing the interview and the woman was kind of wrapping us up sort of thing he went what's that <laughs> what's that he's just like keep talking i'm not going anywhere sort of thing and you feel really bad for the person who's having to do the timekeeping because she knows that she's got another 30 interviews that she's got to try and but i just i, I kind of like no i'm having a nice time i'm talking about music i'm not going anywhere what's this <laughs> so funny yeah. edith with people yeah. like Alex and Tarantino, obviously two of the best people in their industries. Do you see any similarities in what makes them great? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think, do you know what? I think it goes back to that thing of why they're doing it. Um, like Fergie's doing, did what he did for so long and still is part, you know, still part of his kind of DNA and part of who he is because he loves the game. He loves the game so much. He loves the construction of it. He loves the uncertainty of it. He loves the preparation of it. Um, the adrenaline of it as well, I imagine. Um, and I think Tarantino's probably exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? He was a fan, as his Fergie was a fan as a kid, growing up watching matches, wanting to play. Tarantino was a fan watching movies and wanting to make them. So yeah, John, I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right that there's a, particularly with those two and Spielberg actually I put in that same category oh, you haven't met Steven have you? I did on zoom on zoom but yeah oh. I what? cried after the interview what did you I cried what yeah what I was that so like? actual not in, <laughs> not in front of him but like and, um, oh so it was, in lock, it was in lockdown for West Side Story and I put a request in for time with him never thinking I was going to get you know for my little podcast that's sort of, you know, so sort of this little unique beast that sits in the world of podcasts. And um, anyway, they came back and said, yeah, you can have 15 minutes. And I was oh. like, oh my God. So I had to do that thing in the house where, because we've got really crap internet, where I was like, okay, everybody read a book. Nobody can be on. Were you like that device. for this podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody's here. Get the, do get the dog off his phone. Um, <laughs> But uh, so I was like, get off, you know, sort of thing. Went up to my room, uh, did the interview and he... It hang was on, so Edith, lovely. hang on. When you say you did, the, hang on. You're waiting on Zoom and it says Steven Spielberg has entered Oh, mate, there. I thought I was going to be sick. I genuinely thought I was going to vomit on my lap, on my keyboard. And then he pops up. He pops up and he's like, hey, and then you just want to... You can't like... Those situations in those digital environments are so weird because you can't kind of... Not that I smell everyone that I interview, but you know, that kind of the smell and the kind of the atmosphere and, you know, you know, you can kind of, and you can, you can physically show your enthusiasm when you're there in person <laughs> to do that on zoom is kind of quite hard. But anyway, I sort of, I just went in and was like, you know, can't remember what I asked first. I can't really remember much about it, to be honest, apart from the end. And, um, and so, yeah, we talked loads about West Side Story and then we talked about John Williams and about them meeting for the first time and starting working together. And then we kind of ran out of time, to be honest. You know, I, I had the, the weird the weird digital lady kind of basically doing that with her finger in the background. Um, and um, and so I said, oh, I said, I'm really sorry, we've run out of time. But I, I, and he said, you know what he said? Uh, I never really get the chance to talk about music. And I've I think you can probably tell that I really loved it. So um, I'd love to do your podcast again. And I literally nearly fell off my seat. Um, and then I was like, okay, thanks so much, Stephen. Stephen, bye-bye. I was going to ask, did you call him Stephen or Mr. Spielberg or how did you introduce yourself? I think I, ref I think I said, <laughs> I think I said, hello, sir. You know, how are you kind of thing oh, at the start. God. And then I sort of, at the end, I think I called him Stephen. Um, and then when, and then it went, you know, it's that kind of weird little kind of, it's so rude the way that Zoom shuts down. It's just like, vroom, gone. <laughs> it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a door slam. And I, I did that and I came running down the stairs and Tom, my husband, and the kids were in the living room and they both all looked up and went, how did it go? And I just burst into tears because I was like, I can't believe I just spoke to Steven Spielberg for 15 minutes. He's the reason I love film. He's the reason that... I started finding that I could escape through film, that stories through all of that. It was just nuts. I do, I do another podcast with Joe Wilkinson, and he booked, for, as a surprise guest for me, he booked Lawrence Tolhurst from The Cure. Mm. And, like, I wanted to be Robert Smith. Well, I still do. Get that biopic made. 
Do it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to piss him off. <laughs> but I turn round. So we do this thing where you turn round and see the guests for the first time, and it was Lawrence Towers. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just wanted to I, – like, I went upstairs and said, I think I'm sort of at peace with life now. Like, <laughs> it's that same thing of – like he and Robert and – Oh my God, the influence on your lives. And they're just these blokes getting on with stuff and yeah. Doing what they love. Yeah. Yeah. I want to climb inside their head though and go, how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit weird. No, I I think I said that to him. (laughs) Oh, I want to be inside your head. Just for a long weekend. It's oh, like God. that brilliant that brilliant film, Punch Drunk Love, the Paul Thomas Anderson film. I love that film. It's like, oh, I love you so much, I could smash your yeah. skull in. Yeah, exactly. Like... Just want... <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you might want to get on my Patreon. You get early access to ad-free episodes, and there'll be videos and behind-the-scenes pics, and it's basically a place where we can all hang out together. It's a bloody friendly community, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy it, just go to patreon.com forward slash David L. And also, Patreon is an app that you can download onto your phone. All for the price of a coffee. Like a posh coffee. Once a month, you pay a few quid, and then you get to be an MNFC supporter. My new football club supporter, that's what that stands for. That's your thing. So, sign up at patreon.com forward slash David L. And the link is in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. Right, back. Back to the pod. Question one. What was the first game you went to? Now, is this the first football match I went to or the first United match I went to? Can we do Man United, please? Yeah. Um, the first United match that I went to would be Fergie's first match because we kind of went to to um, to give him some moral support. Do you know what I mean? Like it was that kind of thing of the weird thing. You know, I was just talking about crying when Spielberg. Um, I remember we all kind of got quite teary when he was leaving when he was leaving Aberdeen. It was all we were all kind of like <laughs> it was like that. But we, I remember when he, I can't remember the exact game, but I remember when he started, we we kind of were like going down to kind of cheer him on and give him moral support, like he needed it in that sort of, you know, yeah. in that, however many thousand people were in that stadium sort of thing. But, um, but he, I remember that first match he lost, which was like, oh, shite. But, um, Who was yeah, it against? Can you remember? It was um, Oxford United or something like that, or... Do you know what? Right. That... The guy that lives over there played for Oxford United in the mid-80s. My neighbour. Go and ask him. Eight, it was 86, wasn't it? That was he it. Was 86. Go and ask. That's mental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they lost 2-0 to Oxford United, yeah. What? There we go. I've got to look up if Gary was playing. That's really that, weird. How mental would that be? Oh, my God. When was His it? His first victory was um, in 1986, 22nd of November. Yeah, my oh, neighbour was no. there. Hey, come on. All right, Edith, do you remember me? <laughs> <laughs> right back, Oxford. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. There you go. Dean Saunders was playing. I was trying to look up the team, actually. I mean, that was the thing with Fergie, was it, in terms of, like, what he was a real the youth training thing and the kind of, you think about the players that came through with him and, and how... How how much that part of it was of kind of setting up that that training for the new generation and stuff. I remember my brother actually went to the went down and did the Bobby Charlton football school yeah. one summer as well. Yeah, my brother got one cap for Scotland under eighteen. Did he? Mm, did yeah. he? Did he continue playing? No, he he plays for fun now, but no, no. Says his legs legs couldn't cope. Yeah, but did he play in his twenties, <laughs> like pro or? No, he played. Um, it was more just kind of leading up to that point of sort of leaving. Like once he left school, then he didn't really play.
Um, question two. Mm-hmm. When you go, oh, I can't wait to hear this. When you, oh, no. When you go to Old Trafford, where do you sit and why? So my dad's got a season ticket and uh, it's kind of, if you've got the tunnel that they all come out, we're just, we're kind of to the right of that and up a bit. What, looking at the tunnel, you're... No, so the tunnel's down to our left. Oh, okay. That's where so I was at. The... When, I went, when I went the other day, or for the, I've only ever been once, but I went to watch Man United versus Tottenham and I sat on like the first row, right by the tunnel. To the oh, right nice. of the tunnel. No, we're, we're, we're quite, we're higher back sort of thing. But kind of if we look down, we can see the tunnel. Which is always kind of really like that bit of like watching them. Um, I, I love people watching, so I love that bit of watching them go in at halftime and just watching the expressions and the faces and who's hugging who, who's avoiding who. Um, and then, yeah, that thing at the end as well. Yeah. I love that manager walk in at the end, that kind of strut in. Just a little at, wave. At the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to a hospitality day there in April. <laughs> Which is why I got into the biz. That's the, <laughs> the only reason. What can I expect, please? Well, I actually went. I haven't. I haven't done that in ages, um, and not that often, to be honest. But um, we had one lovely day actually, my dad and I. And that's a nice thing. I, I love doing it. My it's, it's almost like dad and daughter dates in a way. Like when we were in London, my dad would always come down and we'd go to the Crystal Palace games together because we got friends who are Crystal Palace fans. So we'd always do that. And then there was one time dad was down staying with me in London and we, we got the train up and we went to a match. And we had lunch with Bobby Charlton and Norma before the match, which was just nuts. <laughs> and they're just the nicest people. But weirdly, I got this crazy thing that happened about uh, two months ago. So um, Tony Adams lives around by me here and his wife Poppy is one of the nicest people you will ever meet and you know we moved to a new area and she's one of these lovely people who kind of got in touch and was like oh do you want to do this do you want to do that let me show you this and stuff it's so nice anyway she got wind of like the boys uh, of Spike and Tom being um, Arsenal fans and obviously Tony's got uh, an ambassador's role uh, at, um, at Emirates and so Every now and again, they give him a box and he's got stuff he needs to do and things. And she's like, do you want to come to a match? And I was like, yeah, we'd love to. Anyway, turns out it was the Arsenal United game. That we lost? Yeah. Um, and so we went uh, and the hilarious thing was, was Tom was in studio rehearsing and couldn't come. So the three of us went without him. And then um, we got there and... Uh, and kind of were like, oh, where do we go to get to this box something and went in. And then it was just this really nice little kind of, um, almost like a, a little, how would you describe it? Like a, like a little conference room mm-hmm. with a little, with a little adjoining door at a kitchen to the mm. left and then served the room next door. Oh, right and we had this really nice guy called Samuel who looked after us all day. Lovely. And there was just this constant flow of food. Lovely. And drink, <laughs> but you're not allowed to drink. And then and then at the end of the room was the door out to the seats looking down and we were behind the one of the we were behind the goal. It was an amazing view. And um uh but you weren't allowed to drink alcohol out of the room you could only drink alcohol in the room yeah um and the funniest thing was we came in at half time and the food was really nice and spikes like that is there any pizza (laughs) (laughs) i was like Uh, no mate do you want me and he's like can i get some pizza so i went we went out and found a little pizza place and got him some pizza at half time but it's like it's just yeah it's it's like having dinner at the match. Basically. Can I can I expect to experience something similar at Old Trafford? Yeah, they'll look after you much better at Old Trafford, and there'll be someone come in as well. There'll be su- there'll be an ambassador will come in at some point. So whether it's a whether it's an old player or oh my you know what I mean? god, there'll be there'll be some kind of like. Like, oh like, kind of little butterflies in your tummy moment. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. There's gonna be, I mean, who would it be? Who would you want to come in that room? Literally anyone, anyone. Brian McClare with his oh, beard. Oh wow! Yeah, 
Nice. Yeah. It's not going to be Roy Keane. So, you know, I'm taking my um, two boys. They're going to think I'm super duper. You dine out on it, mate. Dine <laughs> yeah. out on it for months. Oh, Who's my. the seven-year-old's favourite player? Harry Kane, weirdly. <laughs> what match is it? Aston Villa v Manu. <laughs> oh, yeah. And oh, my friend Russell's a Villa fan. Um, yeah, it could be anyone. Oh, my God. It could be God. anyone, yeah. Okay. Imagine if it's Cantona. He likes a quirky speech, to be fair, at Cantona. He's, he's prone to a quirky speech. I love a quirky speech. Yeah, mm. seagulls and all that. Oh. Yeah, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, I'm really yeah. strut my stuff. My feathers will be well pumped oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure your phone's fully charged for all those picture opportunities as well. Oh, God. Except you're I won't, TikTok. so I won't have the confidence. You're I won't. on TikTok? Nah, are you? No, well, I mean, I say I am, but get on TikTok just for that. <laughs> oh, flip. Honestly, it's like a little dream come true. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's lovely, isn't it? so nice it's nice to feel like that about stuff isn't it yeah it really is it really is I, I always said like years ago I want to get into showbiz to be invited <laughs> to the ashes <laughs> that's the only reason I want to do it <laughs> yeah cricket yeah big time yeah I'm the same Edith cricket's awful hey because you know, I've at Exeter Tom's got... had to he's got, he's got to explain the rules to me about 48 times it's well like, Tom's a good man uh, Tom's a good man. If he wants to come to the Ashes, email me. Oh, well, he'd probably love it, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'm like that. Oh, it's so boring. <laughs> At Exeter, we've got something called the Heritage Lounge. Yeah, lovely. Lovely little Question three. When you go, what's your match day routine? Um, I like to get there early. I like to get there and watch them training. Yeah. Yep. It's the same as gigs. I like to get there for like the support band because sometimes that's when you find your new favourite bands. Um, I can't do so... gigs anymore because I just want to sit on a sofa and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't do as many as I used to. But yeah, no, I like to get there early. I like a bovro at half time. Ooh. And a pie. Mm. Bovro and a pie at half time. I had my first bovro a couple of weeks ago. Not a fan? <laughs> oh. I mean bovro were ahead of the game. Everybody's like spending like twenty-five quid on a packet of bone broth now. It's yeah. like it's just bovro. <laughs> yeah. It's like do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but uh yeah, that's. I mean, I think that that goes back to when I used to go to matches with my dad. Is that in Scotland when we'd go and watch like I don't know, like Arbroath or Montrose? You know, it was Baltic, so it was it was more to kind of keep you alive at halftime for it being so cold. Um, that it's like, but it's a shame because loads of places don't do like the traditional pies and bovril now. It's all kind of like we do them, we do them. Good, yeah. good. Edith, have but you yes. got? I started watching Exeter because I wanted to do that thing of spending time with my boys just have a little window of two or three yeah. hours have you got really fond memories of going with your dad Is it? yeah yeah standing at these really kind of like concrete sort of just these kind of you know they were just these stands with the the kind of there was no it wasn't most of them weren't seated it was just at the time it was the it was just concrete sort of terraces with those occasional bar things that you could lean on um and like yeah just it would always be midweek because of, like they were busy with the hotel at the weekends and stuff and and just watching my dad his kind of um he loved football and he he nearly played as well he got a trial when he was uh, young for um hearts he was he's a big hearts the hearts midlothian are his team when he was growing up uh, and his dad wouldn't let him go because my granddad wouldn't let him go because um he was he was ill my dad was ill uh, and so my dad kind of he lost that opportunity sort of thing but he's always been a massive football fan and yeah and that's why I still love doing it you know kind of yeah, yeah. any opportunity that we can of um, getting to a match he's been banned from the touchline a few times watch when my brother played yeah oh I that Scottish 
fiery temperament can come out in him. It's the passion. <laughs> I learned to swear as well quite early on. Do you from... swear when you watch? Oh, not if I'm with my kids. But when you're on your own. Uh, when I'm my own. Potty mouth. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck's sake, referee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you can you advise me, right? Exeter are playing Barnsley tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, should I take my boy? It means he won't get to bed till half ten. He's only seven. What would you what would your dad have done? And what would you do now? Easter holidays are just around the corner, That's what I'm I would thinking. take him. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I went to um I went to Liverpool Don't. on a Tuesday night, a school night. I yeah. missed the, I missed the day of school. We were playing them in the FA Cup replay or something like that, third round. Missed the whole day of school on a Tuesday to travel up, and then went didn't get back home until about five in the morning, then went to school at seven. No! Yeah. How old were you? Johnny uh, Legend. I would have been like what, year eight, year nine, so like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. On a coach, no, we didn't even travel up by car or anything. We're on a coach full of fans, yeah. It was great. With your dad? With your dad? Yeah, 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 yeah. He got me. Um, Question four. Who did you go to games with? Your dad? My, My dad most, yeah. My dad's the person I go to the most games with, even now sort of thing. Because that thing, kind of trying to get tickets is hard as well, you know, sort of... Not for you, surely. Uh, you can walk well, I never like... <laughs> no, not quite. But I, um... Like, with Tom and... Um, Tom won't take me to Arsenal anymore because every time I go, they lose. Um, which is like, let me go every week. And uh, he's... Uh, so they... they you know, it's that weird thing, like, with um, trying to get tickets for anything. Trying to get four tickets is quite full on. Like I can't take one of the kids. It's like it's not. So um, so but my dad, I, I like that having that thing. It's it's ours. It's our thing. So yeah, my dad. Um, favorite away ground. Ooh. Um. not been to that many. I haven't been um, to any. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I haven't been to that many. Colin took me to, when Colin and I were doing the radio, he took me to Liverpool. Um, hey. Do you know, I quite like Crystal Palace. Oh. Yeah, it's I, quite old. It's quite old school. It reminds me of like when I would go to the matches with my dad when I was wee in a weird way. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, it's so compact. It's not sort of kind of, you know, one of these, doesn't look like a sort of new shiny purpose built thing that's in a big industrial estate and whatnot. It's yeah. kind of like, it's like right off the high street, kind yeah. of just sort of, and I love that whole kind of, I like those that sort of walk to the ground and stuff as well. That's what I love about like, um, Going to Old Trafford and stuff is is we'd if we're if we're not driving we'd kind of normally get dropped off a good mile away from the ground so that you could walk and get that whole kind of that atmosphere and the guy selling the programs or the uh, you know or the the um, what they call the kind of little uh, I always call them comics that the, the football comics but um, that kind of stuff and the flags programs programs. Yeah, no, no, not the programmes. It's almost like a little newsletter, like almost like a... They're done by fans, fanzine, the fanzine, yeah. And then like, and then the the kind of the the random scarves that you get with the kind of both teams on them and all that kind of stuff. I love sort of hearing all the, all the chants and chats on the way to the ground. I can't imagine, I can't imagine like Man United is your local side and you sort of head down there every Saturday. Uh, listen, I, I'm enjoying Exeter. I'm just imagining. <laughs> what, what? What's your least favourite away ground? A ground? Can you remember a ground where you've? Spurs. 
Spurs' old... They're in a new stadium, aren't they? I haven't been, like... But the old Spurs stadium was horrendous. They were so, like, the seats, you literally... I mean, I'm not tall as well, but kind of, like, your knees were, like, round your ears almost sort of thing. It was horrendous. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> Shit all. <laughs> I'm going to loop that with a drum beat. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, question seven. If you could travel back in time, which game would you watch? Uh, Champions League final. But I would be I would be there. My mum and dad were there in Barcelona. Um and where, I watched Where were it. you? I was in London watching it with like mates and stuff at the end, which was a nightclub. It was a there was a nightclub called the End, and they had a bar next to it. And I was in there with all my MTV lot watching it. And I used to, I remember my mate Dan, Dan Schweimer. Have you ever worked with Dan actually? No. Dan no. works with Sasha and um, Barry yeah. Cohen a lot now. And um, uh, Dan's a massive um, City fan, and. He was clearly, obviously, ribbing me the whole match up until you know it started looking good for us. And uh, we were on a bal- we were on the balcony. It was on the massive screen. And then as soon as it kind of like you know we equalised, I was like, "Are you city in disguise? <laughs> Are you?" And uh, I was giving it all big licks and stuff. But I would love to have. I'd love to have been at the game. Love to have been at the actual game. But and even mum and dad were there. It, yeah. Yeah, they've got these amazing pictures of them wearing like wigs and with the colours, the team colours, and all. all they wouldn't sorts, have yeah. seen Alex that night, would they? Or was it too I much think going they saw, on? No, I think they they all they all kind of went. There was some hotel where it was oh, all kind of like flipping out, ce- celebratory afterwards and stuff. That yeah. Um, Sorry, Edith. Just want to confirm. You know. <laughs> That, at that time, you knew Alex enough to send him a little text saying, well done, buddy. Oh, yeah, totally. Flip. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. I don't think they all slept for, like, days, sort of thing. <laughs> I, I showed, weirdly, a couple of weeks ago, I got my, sat my boys down and said, this, is, this was the Champions League final, and da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the highlights. <laughs> it looked crap. <laughs> little highlights package. Yeah. Right, now you're always obsessed with watching old matches on YouTube and stuff at the minute. It's mental. Right. Yeah. Oh, that Loves was it. Ma- Honestly, John, that match. Yeah. They'd won the league. They won the FA Cup the week before. Yeah. Is that the is that the Soul Show one? Yeah. Teddy Sheridan. Um. Question eight. Who's the Despite best? Let's find a picture of us, actually. There you go. Oh, wow. Ah. Oh, I want to know him. <laughs> I really want to be wanna inside know. his brain. I want to crawl inside <laughs> his skull. <laughs> I really want to I really want to be his mate. Oh, God. Mm. This, this match is going to sort you out, mate. This, you, he might be your special guest in your... Uh, in your thing, you never know, eh? Thing, oh, how do I react? How do I deal with that? How do I? You'll behave? be fine. Just be yourself. You'll be absolutely fine. Nah, he'd hate that. He'd hate that. Nah. <laughs> no, he, he's okay. like just be, just be yourself. You'll be absolutely okay. fine. Okay. <laughs> um, question eight: Who's the best player you've seen in the flesh? Cantona. Have you met Cantona? Yeah. Oh, you're really annoying me now. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, not to like, not to like, have dinner or a drink with her and anything like that, but just, um, but but just sort of, um, yeah, just being in and around, sort of, you know, that kind of whole. Um, where the Alex dinner last year, where we did, um, oh, can you hold on two seconds? Yeah, so of course. Give the dog, give the dog to the to the. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my god. It's amazing. Yeah, that is. The, these stories are incredible. Alex Ferguson's just like, he's from another planet. I, when, when I hear things like this, it's always like someone knows Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. It's like, 
Yeah. Is, well, Alex Ferguson doesn't even seem real to me. I've only ever seen him. So. Just a bloke. Just a manager. Yeah. Just, <laughs> she knows him. Have a couple of drinks with him. Well, look at Gary Caldwell. Just played against Messi. We talking about he played against Messi. Yeah, and then he was embarrassed that he'd been done in by the greatest footballer of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he sort of got the better of me that time. He's like, well, Did yeah. he? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Well, these, these stories have blown me away a little bit. I don't really know what to, what no. to say. No. Do you, do you remember Ferguson as a manager? Were you too young? No, yeah. I'm, no, I definitely remember him. I remember sort of probably more as he was older when, like, Remember like Javier Hernandez, like Chicharito and people like that, that kind of era, Van Persie. God, that, that was like, the era right, that I sort of stopped watching. That was like my match, of, I used to watch Match of the Day with Dad and he used to do, he was absolutely running the show. Yeah. Because well, Ferguson of, came uh, down to Exeter, didn't he? He was managing yeah, then. Yeah. He's been in that dugout. He was fuming because they thought they were going to beat us in the first leg. So they booked this pre-season tour for that week that they played us in the second leg away in South Africa and they had to cancel it because they had to play us. But yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no. I, I sort of remember that the Champions League final between <sighs> Man United and Barcelona at Wembley. John I just Wales. suddenly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just suddenly thought Alex Ferguson's probably been in the Heritage Lounge. Well, well, it wouldn't have been the Heritage Lounge at the time. Where the Heritage Lounge is now, right. which is the other boxes, like executive boxes, they knocked them all down and made one big room. Ah. He sat, he sat on, he sat in the dugout. He would have been in the same room as you, though. Like, the, he would have been in the boardroom. You've been Go. in the boardroom. I've got a feeling he's going to be the man who's coming into your room at your fancy day out. <laughs> I bet it'll be the kit, man. Never heard of you, mate. Oh, still Norman. like you, but still never heard Norm, of you. Norman, Norman, <laughs> I'm not Norman so bad now. You know him. <laughs> now I like I, you, Norman. I, he's, he's not the he's not the current kit man, but he's he was the kit man for years. Norman was a legend. I feel bad now. You know they're not real, and then you, and then you say you know them. Oh no, I'd love to meet Norman. I really would. That was the thing with it. Like it was kind of. Oh. Like when you're talking about Fergie and stuff, it's like he always, everything was like, everybody was on the level. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of, everybody had, everybody was part of the team. Do you oh, know what I mean? In terms yeah, of Yeah, that's like, making me feel worse. Yeah. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Sorry, Norman. He's a big fan of this pod, is Norman. <laughs> Worst experience you've had at a game? Um, I can't really think of anything. I mean, apart from like losing, it's kind of like. Yeah. Um, do you know what's always a ball ache is like, like getting away from from Wembley. Like I've, I've been to loads of FA Cup games and stuff with my mum and dad and things at Wembley and stuff over the years and it's just like that whole kind of bottleneck down that kind of that bit between it's called is it Wembley Way or whatever it's called that bit between the tube and the the ground and stuff and it's just like uh, it's just always just kind of quite I don't know depending on who the who the opponent the opposing team are um, that can be quite intimidating that post-match bit because no one's really segregated really so sometimes you, it can be a bit kind of um, can be slightly intimidating sometimes depending on what the kind of atmosphere of the game's been or um, or the results been sort of thing so probably one of those experiences of coming down yeah. coming down Wembley way after a game maybe it's no. funny when you said like you've been to a few FA Cups I, th I thought of your experience, John, and it's it's kind of been League Two playoffs, or yeah, and it it reminded me of re supporting United and hearing about League Two playoffs and just being like, well, whatever. And now, what I'd give for League One or Two, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't want to doubt Wembley. I, I it's what in a playoff? Is it that bad? It's the worst. 
It's the worst ground in the country for me. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I've cried there more times than probably most places. So, Mate. Don't, don't like it. Genuinely cried? Yeah. yeah. Sn- all, sniffles? All three, not just the sniffles, but in in my dad's like shoulders, like crying. Oh. Snot. Snot and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the lot, the lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think United That's played proper. Fulham recent. Was it Fulham? They beat Fulham? Yeah. And then it cut to this like eight-year-old with his dad. And I was like, oh, no, it's the end of the world for him. Yeah. Forget what because, it's... Well, if you're this is this is the way I think about it. If you're a Man United fan or an Arsenal fan or any a fan of the top six teams, you're, de- you're definitely going to play at Wembley in the next couple of years. Exeter City might never play at Wembley again, and I've never seen us win there. So I've I would I we lost there. I felt like I'd lost that once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, luckily enough for me, we got there three times. Uh, well, been there more than that, but since I've been going, so yeah. But it just feels it's the it's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Fuck Wembley. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I feel quite low now, John. <laughs> Final question. What? Well, you've had. You've got loads, Edith. You've already. You've already nailed this. But what interesting fact have you got about Man United? Uh, um, I love the little office fact you had, just the little corridor. Yeah, that's. Um, I, I I think it's that kind of um, it's that loyalty, like behind the scenes sort of thing, you know, like um, like Kath, that lady I was talking about, who's. She, you know, she worked for Alec as a kind of assistant for years and then, you know, she's still part of the team. She's still there on match days because she wants to be there, you know, in our United Blazer, smiling, welcoming. And she knows, she remembers everybody's name. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of, I think for me, that's the thing that always scares me about being lost with the money that's in the game. You know, when you think about like, you know, John, for you in terms of the commitment you've got to your team and stuff and how community-led and based it is. And it's just that thing of kind of, that's where these teams started. And I think that it's, when, when you still see elements of that, that's what makes it, that sort of reminds you why you love being a fan of this this team. You know, I've been there through the kind of the, the, the bad times, you know, when Fergie first moved and they were winning absolutely jack and... You know, it's not about the glory sort of thing. And for me, it is about that, you know, when we kind of almost rocked up there up when he started managing, we were welcomed into the kind of family in a way because, you know, we kind of, we sort of came as extended family of his really in a way. And and that's continued. And, you, and it's so nice when you still see that being at the heart of something that's so massive now. And you don't see that at many other kind of big institutions now which is what they are a lot of them um commercial kind of ventures really and i think that that's for me what i really love about still going to the games of united is that there's that there's still that sense of kind of community behind the scenes really that's what i love about ecstasy is everyone uh, and david is i think starting to learn that more and more everyone knows everyone everyone knows scott the media team that head of the media team craig uh, everyone that's in and around the club, Gary Calder, the manager, speak to everybody on the way, and everyone just knows everyone. I think that's the most important part of football because we're all human, and it, you know, no one's above anybody, no matter what. You just everyone's a fan at the end of the day. I think that's why someone like Ted Lasso is really connected because that's what it's talking about. Do you know mm. what I mean? In terms of that sort of whole kind of, it's more than just the football. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask one last question, Edith? Of course you can. When Alex was the manager yeah. and, and they played at home and they've the game finished about 10 to 5 or whatever, go in the changing rooms, when did Alex get in his car and drive home? What time would that have been? When, at 8. 8 o'clock? Yeah. What did he do for three hours? To chat to people. 
he'd do his he'd have his he'd have his routine of doing like after the match he'd have like you'd my dad was really funny if my dad was at a match my dad would feel like because we came from this background of the hospitality business my dad would go in and he'd like be barman in that room serving drinks and stuff so my dad would kind of get in there and start going what can i get you mick hucknell and stuff like that and um and um and fergie would be off doing his um you know, he'd do, he'd obviously be in the dressing room chatting to the players post-match. He'd have uh, press to do. He'd then have the kind of the board to go into their room and do say something. And then he'd come into his room sort of thing. And then the first thing he would do would be checking all the other scores, you know, on the, there were two TVs in the room and they would be on showing the games or it'd be on, on, on you know, Sky Sports, BBC Sports, whatever it was on. And it'd be constantly kind of checking out what happened and all that kind of stuff. And then just chatting. And there'd be people in that room that had, that have been friends of Alex's since he started at Aberdeen, who'd come down. Um, so yeah, it's, it was, yeah, that would be. And then, so by the, by the next thing you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's eight o'clock. And if, if Kathy's not with him, she's like, excuse me? Okay, this, so this is part B of the final question. Okay. What does he do when he gets home on Saturday night at eight, at half eight? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably watch his match of the day. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Edith, yeah. I, honestly, Edith, I think this has been my favourite interview. Yeah. Oh, it's just a chat. It was just a, a chat, chat Yeah, it's just a chat. Honestly, it's just... I can't believe your childhood and it's amazing. You lived a dream. Yeah. Just nice people. Yeah, that's what I love. That's what I've got from it. It's like, oh, that's why I like Alex. I can feel it through the TV. Just nice people. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Edith. <laughs> Oh, my pleasure. Lovely to chat to you, Bo. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been great. I'm going to go and get my my 10-year-old in his his clothes and out his pyjamas now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Cheers, Edith. All right, guys. Take care. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Bye.